not forget that just different announcements, things that are going on. Please remember that this Sunday is going to be a revival service uh, here uh, with Brother Jonathan Sanders ministering. It's going to be a great, great time. I know you're going to be blessed. Uh, please, those of you that are going to be here, please uh, come, worship, lift up the Lord. Y'all have a great day in the house of God. Amen? Amen. And then I want to make mention um, of something, and that uh, is our, our text uh, giving uh, option that we have now. It seems like everything's getting wireless these days, and mobile and all that stuff, and I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, so that's fine. But for those of you that we've had several that have asked about doing this, um, it is very simple to do. And all you have to do is uh, type that number, 870 600-2148 type that number into your phone and and just put the word give and when you do it's going to text back to you and it walks you through and it's very simple it'll ask you how much to give and then it'll show you uh, it'll say option one is offering option two tithe option three building fund however you want to do it and you hit the number the one you want it to go to and it will go there and the first time you do it you will have to input your credit card number, uh, but after that, you'll follow the link to do it, and you'll, and you'll put it in. But after that, your number uh, is safely stored, and uh, all you have to do is hit give and ask you what amount where to go, and it's done. And it's very simple, and we are able to keep a record of it. And so, if you would like to avail yourselves of that, you are more than welcome to. Um, I, I just want, want you to realize that it's an easy thing. All right? Are y'all ready for the word of the Lord tonight? Ecclesiastes, you can remain seated. Ecclesiastes chapter number 8. I will remind you that my wife and I are going to be out of town this weekend. Uh, we have our uh, yearly getaway. We're, we're just going to uh, throw the kids off on my parents. We're going to hit the road. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verses 11 through 13. The Bible says, Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the hearts of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Though a sinner do evil a hundred times, and his days be prolonged. Yet surely I know that it shall be well with them that fear God, which fear before Him. But it shall not be well with the wicked, neither shall he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because he feareth not before God. Uh, let me read one more verse of Scripture to you. That's found in Galatians chapter number 6. 7, Galatians 6 and 7. The Bible says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So I am teaching tonight uh, from this subject three laws of the harvest. Three laws of the harvest. And so, uh, 
go with me, I, I want to talk about three things that are just undeniable, they're indisputable, they're fact, they always have been, they always will be. And we're going to hear from the Lord tonight. Amen? God's laws are universal laws. There is nothing that you or I can do to exempt ourselves from God's laws. And I know it. some of us might think it would be nice if we could, but you cannot. Uh, it's not like going, what, who's the ice cream place that has a certain amount of flavors? Baskin Robbins. It's not like going, how many flavors do they have, by the way? 31, okay. I mean, that, that's nothing to do with what we're talking about tonight, but I thought it'd be good information to have. <laughs> 31 flavors. Okay. It's not like going to Baskin Robbins and saying, well, we have 39 flavors here, and I think I'm going to choose this flavor called Christianity, and then I think I'm going to choose these toppings um, that I'm going to put on it. And I'm going to, if you would, would you please give me a little Jesus name baptism on there? That's good. Would you give me a little uh, Holy Ghost on there, too? I, I want some Holy Ghost. Now, don't put any holiness on there. I don't want holiness, but, but I'll, I'll take some baptism. I, leave the repentance off too. That hurts a little bit. It's not like that. You don't go through and choose, pick and choose what you're going to get. When we make a decision to live for the Lord, it is all or it is nothing. God is looking for people who want to give Him a complete and a full commitment. And, and I'm just going to tell you, those who will be successful living for God are those who jump in with both feet and they do not try to hold back. Now, you know that through observation. You have seen people who jumped in and, and they are the people that are successful living for God. But those who, who try to, to, to have the best of both worlds, it, does, it doesn't work. And... and uh, and here's why. Because there is no such thing as the best of both worlds. Because each world has its things that appeal to us. Don't we love the presence of God? Surely that appeals to all of us, right? And, and we love things like that. But there's some things about living for God that doesn't appeal to some people. And that is things of sacrifice. And, and things of uh, consecrated lifestyles. And, and so, um, in, in, in the world, you've got things that appeal, uh, pleasures of sin, and then you've got things that do not appeal, and that is the end result of the pleasures of sin. And so, you can't have the best of both worlds. You have, you will, whether you think you are or not, you will fully commit to one or the other. And you will get all that goes with it. What Brother Sanders said here the other night, is so, uh, Sunday, is so true. The... The devil doesn't like to show you his veterans. He only likes to show you his rookies. Because his rookies are in the prime of enjoying the pleasures of sin. And they make it look very appealing. That's why you've got, you've got uh, billboards and ads and television uh, commercials that, that, that bombard everybody. And it, it will, it will, we're inundated with pleasures of sin. And they always make it look good. They always make it look good. You know, one of the... And it might be the original. I don't know if it's 
the first one that they have, but it, if not, it's one of them. But I believe it's the original Marlboro Man. You know, he 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 smoked, and and he was to make everybody, all the men, feel like if you would do what he's doing, you would feel a lot more manly, and 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 you'd feel good about yourself. And but years later, he was eaten up with cancer, uh, emphysema, and it destroyed his body. But Marlboro never showed him. They only showed him when he was a rookie. They didn't show him as a veteran. And the devil wants to show you his rookies, not his veterans. But God says, if you'll look at my veterans, I know you're a rookie now and it seems hard right now, but if you'll get an eye on a veteran and see what they have become, you can become like that too. I am glad to be in the process of being made like unto him. Hallelujah. So God's laws are universal and we can't exempt ourselves. We can't straddle the fence. You're going to be in one or you're going to be in the other. And you, either, you either choose to uh, walk according to his spiritual laws uh, or you choose to break them. You can't just choose the ones that make you comfortable because his laws are absolute. They are not conditional. If you choose to break his laws, if you choose to ignore his commandments because they are not convenient for you, that does not change the reality of those laws and of those commandments. And this, this business of living by convenience is one of the worst things that has ever come to us. And, and we are probably, uh, I, I think this is a very true statement, we are probably so blessed and I know some we have, well, well, I'm struggling. We're barely making ends meet. Well, let me just say, we're very blessed people. And, and if you drove to church tonight in a car, you're a very blessed person. If you got a place to go tonight and lay your head, and you're not worried if, it's gonna, if you're going to have a place to go lay your head, you're a very blessed person. And we have been so blessed that we have begun to live according to our conveniences. We, we all love conveniences. I love them. I don't want to get rid of them. I told you before, I love the convenience that they're putting now on, on vehicles of that little backup camera. Man, that thing's neat. That, it's, it's just pretty awesome. And, and uh, when I go to back up, I mean, there's been things that were behind my truck. One day I went to back up, and uh, Nora's tricycle was right behind my truck. I couldn't see it when I was walking to my truck. And so I get in the truck turn the ignition on, put it in reverse, and I am and I barely start to move, and I hear beep, and I look, and, and oh, there's a tricycle there. I moved, that's pretty nifty, you know. I don't know how much you pay for it, but it probably pays itself off, all this stuff we don't back over, right? We like convenience. I like it. You like it. And I want to keep conveniences that I can, but I'm just going to tell you, don't let us get so used to our conveniences that we think that just because Ford Corporation has made life more is making life more convenient, and they're 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 designing their trucks based on what makes me feel more convenient. Just because Ford does that for me does not mean Jesus does that for me. We're doing real good. Jesus, the Word made flesh. Everything that is in this, that, that was spoken of by our Lord, it is yea and amen. It is solid. It is established. It is never changing. 
It hasn't changed. It won't change. I don't care what country you're from. I don't care what race you are. I don't care what culture you are. It doesn't change for you. It doesn't change for me. It doesn't change if you're from America uh, to something different if you go to Mexico. It doesn't change from Mexico to Europe. It doesn't change from Europe to Australia. Whatever the Word of God says, it is what it is, and it will continue to be that, and it's not going to change. And so uh, we better be very careful that because we have become so accustomed to (coughs) to our modern conveniences that we don't try to impose that on the Word of God. This Word is not bound by technology. This word's not bound by knowledge that increases in in uh, whatever sector of life that it may be. This word, it transcends all of that. And it's going to always remain the same. Amen. God's laws are no respecter of persons. They do not respect one person over another. God's laws are not excused because of age. You can't say, well, I'm... I'm 34 and, and, and they're 74. And so because they're 74 and I'm 34, uh, it matters more for them than it does for me. No. God's laws are not respecters of age. They cannot be suspended simply because you want to stop them. They are eternal. They are unconditional. And they will last. And what is so powerful about these laws of God is that if you will study them and you will embrace them, you're going to grow in a way that, and this might help you tonight, you're going to grow in a tremendous way in God because God's laws are a reflection of His character, of His nature. So when you, when you begin to live by God's laws, you will begin to love as God loves. Isn't that good? You'll begin to love people like He loves people if you will obey His commands on love. You will begin to treat people like He would treat people if you will obey His commands on the neighbor. You will begin to love holiness as He loves holiness because that's His nature. And it's revealed in His laws and in His commandments and in His statutes. All right? Because somebody tries to look at you and say that his laws are not relevant or they are not real to them does not stop them from working the way God has designed them to. And so if you backslide and you walk away from God and you say, well, it's not going to apply to me because I'm walking away from God. Well, I got news for you. It is going to apply to you. You're just not going to like the end result of it. But the law is universal. Whether you live for Him or you don't live for Him, the laws of the harvest will always last. And so there's many spiritual laws that we should should get a hold of. There's many. Let me give you a few. One is that without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sin. If if there is no shedding of blood, there will be no forgiveness of sin. That means if there is no uh, 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 breaking of our will and our heart, and, and, and coming to God in repentance. There's not going to be forgiveness. If we don't repent, we won't be forgiven. Don't, don't be afraid of repentance. Don't be afraid of being broken. 
Don't be afraid of coming to God and laying yourself on the altar because when you do that, we find forgiveness of sin. <coughs> Another of his spiritual laws is that God's word is forever settled and he will not break his word. He said not one thing that comes from me, from, from his mouth, not one word that he has said is going to fall to the ground. If God says it, it is going to accomplish the thing whereunto it is sent. God's word is settled and he will not break it. Another of God's spiritual laws is the fact that praise and thanksgiving are the entry into his presence. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. When we praise God and we give thanksgiving to God, we begin to lift him up. The presence of God will always come to where we are. Let me just tell you, and, and the devil uses this against us sometimes because the devil knows that we are very feeling-driven. We are very feeling-driven. And so we like, to, we like to base what we're going to do off how we feel at the moment. Do you feel like going to do this? I don't feel like going to do this. Um, let's, let's go play uh, putt-putt golf. I don't feel like going to play putt-putt golf. Whatever it is. And... and, and where do you want to eat? I don't know. Where do you want to eat? I don't know. How about if we go... No, I don't want to eat there. I don't feel like it. Well, where do you want to, where do you want to eat? Well, I don't know where I want to... What do you want to eat here? No, I don't feel like it. I saw somebody got one of those little uh, games, you know, where you, you spin the deal, and they just put different restaurants around it, and they, they said they, they fixed that. They just spin the spinner, and wherever it lands, that's where they go eat. What, what got me on that? Oh yeah, praise and worship. Can you see the tie between praise and worship in a spinner? <laughs> Lord help us to go there. Yeah, that's where it is right there. <laughs> Woo. Got to figure out how to tie all this stuff together. And and, and so we, we we like to do everything about feeling and the devil says because you feel bad about your current circumstances, you don't feel like praising God, so I'm going to do everything I can to keep you from praising God. I want you to know that when you are in a situation where you don't feel good about your circumstances, the first thing you ought to do is begin to praise God. <laughs> begin to praise God. Lift Him up. It ought to it, it do you good. You're at work and you get... And, 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 and somebody treats you bad or does something to do you good to just step outside the office and, and go out to the car or step into the to the restroom or something and, 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 and look around make sure nobody's there but but you know you can they can be there if you want but just begin to say Lord I don't know what all's going on today I just want you to know I love you I praise you I glorify you I magnify you I thank you for giving me this job. I thank you for putting me in this situation. I thank you, Lord, for whatever the circumstances of my life are that are coming against me. Lord, you put me here, so you must have a plan, and I'm just going to praise you. And if we begin to praise God, the undeniable law, the spiritual law is that as we praise Him, His presence will come to where we are. And the devil wants you to not praise God, because if you don't praise God, His presence won't come. So we praise God because we know that that brings the presence of the Lord. We know this spiritual law is true. 
that wherever sin is in abundance, the grace of God will be much more in abundance. America's in bad shape. It may be in bad shape, but they, you ought to let some of those people walk in this room tonight. There's a lot of good things happening around here too. And the grace of God is a, a, abounding wherever sin doth abound, but it's abounding much more. It's a spiritual law. These are things that, that you cannot get away from. Another spiritual law is that His mercies are brand new every day. Every single day I get up, the mercies of God are new and fresh in my life. And He says once again, I am extending the scepter to you. You weren't worthy when you woke up this morning to come into my presence. You weren't worthy this morning to talk to me in prayer. But I'm going to extend mercy to you and you can come to me in prayer. You can come to me in worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One more I'll give to you is that the, the spiritual law, that faith without works is death. If we say we have faith but there is no works to back up our faith, then we are a liar. And we do not really have faith. But if we have faith in God, there's going to be some things that follow us. And there will be an extension of our life that shows that faith in God. Y'all all right tonight? I'm feeling a little worked up for some reason. <laughs> Amen. There, but but the, law, the laws we're dealing with tonight are the laws of the harvest. And they work in all areas of life. In physics, it's explained that for every action, there is an equal and an opposite reaction. That is why people say you get what you you get what you give. Whatever you put out is what comes back. If you want to have love, you've got to give love. If you want to have friends, the Bible said, show yourself friendly. If you want to have respect, then you've got to treat others with respect. And on and on. You want forgiveness? You've got to give forgiveness, he said. And so it is the law of the harvest. It has been said, sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action and you reap a habit. If you sow a habit, then you will reap a character. And if you sow a character, you will eventually reap your destiny. So whatever it is that I want to become, I get my eyes on what it is that God has showed me. Joseph, the Lord showed him, Joseph, one day your brothers are going to bow down before you. Whatever it is God has shown us, we need to get our eyes on that. And then we need to start thinking good thoughts toward that. Because I, as I think that way, I begin to act that way. And as I act that way, I create a habit toward that. And that habit begins to affect my character. And my character eventually leads me to that destiny. Amen. Amen. Success in God only comes by being obedient to His Word, to showing faithfulness, to living a disciplined life. When you take steam and you harness that steam, and I still don't know how all this works, uh, it, it don't even make sense to me that, that you can take steam and move a locomotive. Isn't that incredible? I don't even know how that... I, I've never studied the physics of that to, to see how that works, but, but somehow that steam can create such a pressure that it will move a locomotive that weighs thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds. It's amazing. 
If you build a dam on a river, then you can create enough electricity to light up the city. If you take a wire and you stretch it tight from one end to the other, you can strum it and you can make music. The ability to build a good life is going to depend upon our willingness to learn the spiritual law. So Paul said to the church at Galatia, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. I would tell you tonight that if you let me just peer and look at somebody's direction in life, I'll tell you their destination. Just let me see the direction you're headed, and I will tell you your destination. Uh, if, if you will just let me see your friends, then I'll show you your future. And if you'll let me observe your attitude, then I'm going to predict what your achievements in life will be, whether they're good, whether they're bad. I can tell you what some of them will be. Why? Because God is not mocked. And what we sow is what we read. What we read. And God's laws can be ignored, but if we ignore them, we ignore them at our own peril. Because it, 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 here's why. Because it is impossible for God to lie. That's what the Word tells us. It is impossible for God to lie. So, I don't. it doesn't matter how much He loves us, and He loves us doesn't matter how much he, he has his eye on us and he has his eye on us. God's laws will come to pass because he cannot lie. And if he said it, it has to take place. Opposition is a natural enemy to sowing. There's going to be things that are going to try to attack uh, what is attempting to being planted, the sowing process and all that goes on with it. You'll have insects, you'll have Animals, you'll have weather, you'll have weeds. All that needs to be done in order for our life to grow out of control is to just leave the garden of our lives unattended. And if we do that, it will fail. Because there are naturally things that grow up. Isn't that right? There are naturally things that grow up. And uh, how many how many deer hunters do we have? A couple of deer if I asked that in South Arkansas, every hand in the building would go up. How many duck hunters do we have? Um, so, you, you're deer hunting, and I'm going to use that because I'm a little more familiar with it. You're deer hunting, and every year you'll have guys go out, and starting in August, you know, September for sure, they get out there and, and they start doing something. Uh, it's, they, they, they say, I'm going to go out. And I'm going to go uh, take care of my stand. And and what do they mean? What they mean by that is I'm going to I'm going to cut uh, shooting lanes. I'm going to I'm going to make sure all the branches are down and out of the way, so that when the deer come through, I got a clear lane through which to shoot the deer. Please excuse my voice tonight. So so they go out and they do all that, and, and they want to make sure that the trail to their stand is clear, and, and there's no logs laying across it. Tell you, I found out as a young young man uh, just how nerve-wracking that can be. When uh, I was out deer hunting, of course, where I lived, uh, I came home from school, I jumped on the four-wheeler, and I went, I, I, this is literal, I drove in the backyard, and I was on a deer, my deer hunts, and just 
that was all my deer list back there. And uh, so I'd get on the board and go back there. And I was young, oh, I don't know, 14 years old or so. My dad had given me permission. You know, I'd, I'd get my gun, and I'd hop on the four-wheeler, and I'd go out there and hunt. And one night, uh, I had a deer that, that kept coming around, and I was, I was hoping he'd kind of show himself, and never really did. But I waited and waited and waited, so by the time I left that night, it was already it was pretty dark. And, and so here I'm heading back, and, and uh, I got high center on a log. And uh, it was right in the middle of the rut. And every horror story I'd ever heard about deer attacking hunters, when it was the middle of the rut, started playing through my mind. And I'm on that boiler, I'm trying to shake it and, and get off of there. And, and, and my little, <laughs> my little old frame, I got a little adrenaline, and I picked that thing up and shoved it off. I jumped on it and got out of those woods. I was scared. I was scared. Uh, but we go out there, we clear all that stuff out because because here's what happens. Springtime comes and, and branches grow back and, and things come on and, and, and vines get in the way. And so if all it takes for a garden to be overran is just leave it alone. But if you're going to make it productive, you've got to spend time and take care of it. And if we're trying to reach for two worlds, and so we, we, got, we say we've got a garden that God's uh, cultivating in our life, but we're giving all of our attention to the world, this is going to suffer. Does that not just make sense? And, and, and folks, can I, just, can I step on all of our toes a little bit right now? Everybody listen real good, okay? But please hear me as, as a, your pastor. It's a shame if we're dedicating more time to everything else and we don't hardly have any time to dedicate to the Lord. I don't have time to pray. Well, you've got time to go to the mall three times a week. Yeah, I don't have time to, to, to do this, or I can't afford to do this, but we, we can afford to do everything else. We better make sure that we are not ignoring the garden that God's trying to cultivate in our life, reaching for the world. And the world is not just everything that is bad. It's not just drugs and alcohol. The world is a lot of things that are not bad themselves, but when we entangle ourselves, it's what the Word of God said, when we entangle ourselves in them, I get so wrapped up in this that I can't reach to take care of that. Help me, Lord. We're doing good right now. And I'm so wrapped up here that I can't reach over there. And this is suffering, and it's going to... Anyway, I need to be talking about three laws of the harvest, don't I? So here's the first one. I'm going to go quick, I promise. I promise. Here's the, here's the first one. You always reap what you sow. Genesis 1 and 24, the Bible said, And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind. Cattle and creeping thing, and beast of the earth after his kind, and it was so. Whatever, whatever it is that you sow, that is the thing that you will reap. So, if you plant apples, you, uh, apple seeds, you're going to get apple trees. Don't be shocked and surprised if you plant, as I was talking about the other day, an orange seed, and you get an orange tree. 
right? If if you have a cat uh, and and it is pregnant, then if you have a cat, I suggest you get it spayed because because those things have like seven litters a year. <laughs> but if you have a cat and it gets pregnant, um, it's not gonna give birth to puppies. Isn't this good? Isn't this rich tonight? Deep? You're gonna have kittens because it's going. You're going to reap what is sown. You're gonna reap what is sown. And flesh, if we if we sow to the flesh, we will reap the works of the flesh. Now that's not hard to understand, but it seems hard to get people to 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 want to live that. But I, but I want to tell you, if you reap to the flesh, you will uh, you sow to the flesh, you will reap to the flesh. But if you sow the things of the Spirit, you will reap the things of the Spirit. You will reap those things. And I'm going to tell you, I'm a blessed man because I had parents who sowed the things of the Spirit. I remember, and I'm not telling you you have to go out and do this so don't nobody get nervous or scared here. Let me just tell you, uh, there's another law. Before I say this, let me give you this law. There's another law, spiritual law, and that is that we should set no evil thing before our eyes. Okay? When I was growing up, this is the way you obeyed that law. You didn't have a television. Now we've got television and Internet and iPhones and uh, tablets and everything else. So it, we, we, it's, it's not as simple as saying don't have a TV because you got all the other stuff. So I'm not trying to... to, to if you don't need to be watching bad stuff on it. Okay? But when I was growing up, you didn't have one. At least where I was from. And we had an evangelist come through. We had one. Because my dad hadn't grown up in church. He, he thought, he thought man, that thing. We had an evangelist come through, and he preached a barn burner. He preached a television burner, <laughs> and uh, said, "You better get it out of your home. It's going to destroy your family." And uh, my mom, before we left the church that night, my mom came to me. She said, "Your dad and I talked through that message," and uh, she said, "We're going to be getting rid of our television." What about you? Didn't have but one cartoon back then. Oh, one tell. That's right. That's right. There was only about two or three cartoons back then. Now there's a a bunch of them. Anyway, and she said, "I'm sorry, but that's what we're gonna do." And uh, and I said, "Okay." I said, "Okay." And and some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all do it like that too. And. uh, I'm going to tell you something. Could we have controlled that? I believe I believe my dad would, and mom would make sure we controlled that. Uh, but I'm but I'm going to tell you, they sowed something. I'm not mad that they sowed something that I didn't like. Don't get nervous. I'm not preaching a television burner. I am going to preach a don't watch bad stuff burner. Because it's everywhere now. But listen to me. Listen to me. It did me good. 
that they sowed good things. I don't regret one good spiritual thing my parents sowed in my life. Not one of them. I don't regret my parents telling me, hey, get ready, we're going to church. And you know, you know, I need a bottle of water just so I can drink water while I'm thinking through this. I'm going to tell you, we need to be careful. And y'all let me just pastor a little bit tonight. And, and you know me and you know my heart, okay? But we're getting ready to build a building and we need to be a faithful, established church. Can you say amen? Um, we got too many people missing too much church around here. And I'm probably going to recommend people listen to this podcast so they can hear what I'm saying right now if they're not here. And not everybody that's not here is, is because they, they want to be missing church. Okay? I understand that. People are sick. People have work. These are things I understand. But we better get back to the point where we understand the importance of being in the house of God. And every little excuse that comes along, allowing that little old silly excuse to keep me out of the house of God. You need to be in church. I need to be in church. There are things going on here tonight that, that you don't get anywhere else. And I know I I'm, 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 probably won't get all three of my laws tonight. But I'm just going to tell you, I got on something here and I, and I feel a little like I need to bump this. But I need to pastor right now. We better make sure that we're doing everything we can to be in the house of God. We don't need to take, and I, and I feel like I can say this. I know I'm about to be gone this weekend. <laughs> I, but I, but I, I feel like I can say this because you know me, but we don't need to be taking excessive vacations. I got no problem with you taking vacation. I got no problem with you having a weekend come open and you saying we're going to be... No problem. Okay? Some will do it. Terry and Mary Beth are going to be able to get away for the weekend. This is not about them, okay? It was going to be until I was going out of town this weekend. And... <laughs> but the weekend next, I'm coming after y'all. No. So that's not what this is about. But excessiveness. We better be careful. And here's why. If we sow that seed in our homes, we're going to reap that fruit in our children. We're going to reap that. And our kids aren't going to want to be in the house of God. And our kids are going to think it's no big deal to miss coming to the house of God. And we're not going to have anybody to blame but ourselves. I know this is tough a little bit. Y'all just hold on. I'm doing good right now and I'm okay. I'm, I just want you to know I'm alright. I'm not nervous about what I'm saying. What I'm saying is true. And we better be careful. We better be careful. We better make sure that we are sowing a good seed because you will reap what you sow. You will reap what you sow and if you are sowing unfaithfulness, you're going to reap unfaithfulness. And if we sow half-hearted commitment in the things of God, and let me just tell you what some of those things of God are. Studying the Word of God. Prayer. Fasting. Financial giving according to God's plan. 
If we sow half-hearted in those things, then we're going to reap half-hearted in those things. And our kids are going to do it to no more than the level we were doing it, and probably a whole lot less. And then we're going to be saying, how are we going to keep these churches going? How are we going to keep this stuff happening? And, and, and we're going to be looking around and saying, where did we mess up? I'm going to tell you where we messed up. We messed up with what we were sowing. And if, and while I'm here, let me just say this. And if you, you've got a hard time in your home handling what does come across the television, get rid of it. Get rid of it. But don't let it destroy your family. Let's reap a good harvest. Let's reap a good harvest. What time is it? Somebody tell me what time is it? Ten till. Well, good. I got about 30 more minutes. Yep. <laughs> If I, this is common sense, but, but think about it. If I get addicted to drugs, I'm going to produce the fruit of drug addiction. I'll steal. I'll rob. I'll lie. I'll break laws. If I commit adultery, I'm going to reap the fruit of committing adultery. I'll destroy my marriage. I will hurt my children. And I will lose the life I currently have. If I am mean, if I am hurtful, if I am ugly, if I am selfish, I'm going to reap all of those things. I'm going to be alone. I'm going to never be trusted. Never receive kindness. But if I am kind, if I am patient, if I am helpful, if I am obedient, if I am respectful, if I am dependable, and, and let me stop right there and say this. That's another thing, and, and, and since I'm just hitting hard tonight, this is a good night to get it all out. Somebody said, get it, you know, if you're going to make your wife mad buying a gun or something, you better buy all the guns you're going to buy. Get it on one man. So if I'm going to get you upset at me over what I'm preaching, I might as well get you upset at me one time, and then we'll move on. But dependability. It is, I have never seen a day in my life when it is harder to get people to be dependable to the things they commit to in the church. Well, if we commit to something, let's be dependable. Let's, let's follow through. Let, 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 let's, let's make sure that we are doing the things that we have said we are going to do. If God gave you a gift to do something... You better, it, it ought to be that God can depend on you to follow through in that area. We got to be dependable. If we say we're going to do something, let's do it. We need to be trustworthy. We need to be trustworthy. People need to be able to believe what we say. If we will do those things, we will reap the benefit in the, in the fruit of those things. That's what I want. That's what I want. God may call you to do something wonderful. But if, but if you're messing around, and I wish all of our young people were here right now to hear what I'm about to say. And, and I probably need to come back and say this, but God can call you to do a number of things. He may call you to be a preacher or a missionary or, or a Sunday school teacher or, or a prayer warrior or, or whatever the case may be. But you get messed up and you marry the wrong person, you can find all that stuff go out the window. I'm telling the truth right now. 
And, and, and we better be careful what, we're, what we are connecting ourselves to, what we are hooking up with, because, because we, are, we are planting seeds, and we will reap a harvest. I want to reap the right harvest. I'll tell you right now, when my wife lost her mind for a little while and didn't date me, she always, she always goes home and says, you don't tell it right. And I'm not telling it right, but I like the way I tell it better than the way she tells it. And I happen to have the mic. When I, when I dated some other people, I'm just going to tell you right now, I thank God I didn't marry some of those people. It was the grace of God that I didn't get caught up with some of that. I want you to know, I, I, I'll just tell you, I don't think there's probably any way in the world I'd be preaching to you right now if I hadn't married that lady right there. I don't, I don't have any doubt hardly about that. I don't think I'd be here if I hadn't married her. And I want you to know we'd better be careful because who we marry and who we are dating and, and all of those things, that is going to pull us in a direction. There was someone in this, and that's one of the hard... I'm going to tell you as a pastor, that frustrates me almost as much as anything because I have seen more people pulled away from church because they, because they could not uh, give God time to give them the right person. I can't count the number of times. Oh, Lord, help me tonight. But I can't count the number of times that I saw people pulled out of the kingdom of God because they followed the wrong person. I could probably count on one hand the number of times where people said, you know what? You went to somebody and said, you need to be careful here, and I'm going to recommend you pull away from this. And they listened to it. You know why? We let ourselves get tangled up and then we don't want nobody to cut us loose. It hurts too much. It is going to hurt. when you, Because there's no bigger hurt than to be emotionally entangled in something. And have to cut free from that. But if we will plant the right things, sow the right things, we will reap the right things. And I thank God I had my dad come to me a couple of times and say, you need to rethink this. You don't... I'm telling you, you don't need to date her. Yeah, he did. And I tried, I tried this number on him. But dad, she goes to church. My dad said, don't play those games with me. She goes to church. Not everybody who goes to church is in church. But dad, you're a pastor. You ought to be reaching for all those people. Don't play those games. I'm going to reach for those people. But I don't want to see you getting tangled up with something that's not committed to God. Because if you do, it's going gonna, it's gonna to pull on you. We reap what we sow. We reap what we sow. So God can call us to do things, but if we hook up with the wrong things, we can abort that call. We can abort that call. I've got a call on my life to pastor this church, but if I mess up in some areas, I'll reap the, the fruit of that, and I'll forfeit the call of God on my life to pastor this church. I don't want to do that. I don't want to mess up what God's doing at sanctuary, but before that, I don't want to mess up what God's doing in my family, my children, 
And I don't want my children thinking I've got things that I value more than I value living for God. There's nothing I value more in life than living for God. So we're going to talk about God. We're going to sing songs about God. We're going to, and, and, and every chance we get, and right now with Asher especially, every chance we get we're trying to say things that are putting stuff in him that, that will hopefully cause him when he gets older to live for God. I'm doing everything in the world I can. That, that, that boy is, is all boy, but he is so sensitive. He's so sensitive. I, I had him upset today so bad this afternoon because I tried to tell him, uh, I, 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 said, I said, Asher, but, but I do this to my kids all the time. I probably should quit, but my wife tells me, the Bible says provoke not your children. She says, I'm doing this. I said, that ain't what it means, but I asked her, who do you love more, me or mom? <laughs> and he, I mean, he won't, nor Nora, they won't bite, you know. We love y'all both the same. I said, I know you, I know, I know. But Asher, if, if, if mom had to go away for a month and I had to go away for a month, and you could only... Because I tried, if, if mom had to go away forever and I had to go away forever, that didn't work, you know. So I said, well, if, what if it was a month-long trip one of us had to go on? Who would you want to go with? He said, well, he said, I'd probably go with you, but I'd want to go visit mom a lot. So he was in the kitchen, and, uh, and I hollered in there, and I said, hey, Asher said he'd rather be with me than be with you. It broke him down. I had to go in there and love on him and apologize. And my wife was getting on to me the whole time. I know I shouldn't do that. I just I just I just hurt myself in y'all's eyes. I do try to love on them, make it right. They know I'm messing. <laughs> but he, I'm saying that to say he, he's so sensitive. So sensitive. And 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 I and I really thank God for it because because he, he's tender hearted. Nora, we're really beginning to fast and pray about. <laughs> Nora said she's going with mom. She didn't care what I thought about it. I'm wanting to be careful though what I'm sowing in them. And if I and if I sow in my let me tell you, and, and, and I can overdo it. If I sow in my kids that this church matters more to me than anything else in the world, they'll resent this church. So I'm trying to find balance. But I want you to know, whatever it is that you're sowing in life, there's things, there's times you're sowing seed. You don't know you're sowing seed. The things you're saying, the places you're going, the things you're buying, your kids are getting a message. What message are you sending them about this house? I'm going to quit right I've still got two more to go and we can turn this into a series. And I feel like to get into the other one I go too far. Don't forget you're going to read what you say. Let's be careful. Let's be so careful what we're so. And I, and I, and I, when I was going over this today preparing for this lesson tonight I'm going to tell you what kept coming to me. I felt like I really did. And, and again, 
Folks, I'm going to tell y'all, right now, God has been moving in so many ways. There's things. I'm just more, con I'm, let me say this, I am more convinced than ever that we are all, that, that, that we're in the will of God on a lot of things. And I am more convinced than ever that when I get up to preach, I'm not, this is not just me always talking. I, I, I'm just going to tell you that. I, I'm very confident in it, and God's proven it to me. And so, so I feel like we're very much um, in the will of God. Alright? And so, please hear me, uh, these things I am saying to you right now. When I was preparing for this lesson today, I felt like the Lord very strongly impressed me that I, would, that I am reaching for not just a have a better view. This is a you better get this because your family matters. And I'm going to tell you that and, and, and feel very strong about it. You better be careful because we are all so And I'm not saying I'm always doing it right and I've got it down perfect. Don't, don't misunderstand me. I make mistakes. I should be like you haven't been, start right now. You're going to reap some stuff you don't want. Don't think that because you heard this lesson tonight and you went and made changes that it's going to, right now, from day one, change everything. You're still going to reap some stuff. It's the, it's the law. However, give it some time and you'll start reaping the good. But every day you're sowing my favorite preacher's preaching it, and he made me feel a bit better about myself. He said, you know what? He said, I don't know anybody that can do this better than me. He said, I'll, I'll wake up in the middle of the night. I'll wake up three, four, one. He said, and I'll have more scenarios going in my mind and things to worry about. ain't even happen. Every once in a while I do that. And, and I, we got some monumental things to go on. We're getting ready to do it. We don't need to do that while we're reaping bad hearts. We need to do this as people that 
mercy to one another, to one another, so that we don't let silly, petty, ridiculous things that the devil causes to be overinflated tear us we lift our hands, could we thank God for His Word, for what He has spoken to us, but not just what He has spoken, what we have caught tonight. There's been something happening in this room tonight. There's been things caught in the Spirit that were not taught, but God spoke them to your spirit. Thank God for it right now. I love you, Lord. I thank you, God. I bless you, Lord. Praise and I magnify you. You are so worthy. I bless you, Jesus. I bless you, Jesus. I bless you, Jesus. I didn't get to, I told y'all I was going to get through my laws. I didn't get through them, but I didn't hold you forever. Um, Again, y'all have a wonderful service this weekend. Francis.